Hello everyone, David here. Welcome back to the DGR podcast. This is episode number 58. I hope you're all doing well. I'm welcoming back on the guest of the year, or at least the most downloaded guest of the year, Jeffrey Wolf, the Flexi Bull. He easily was the most downloaded guest of 2022. So I asked Jeff to come back on and we had a bit of a chat and a catch up and talked about some industry predictions for 2023 for the year ahead. And I can already hear you kind of squeaking your bum as you move towards the edge of your seat in anticipation for what's to come. Um, Especially if you have nice, big, juicy glute maxes, that'd be extra squeaky as you move to the edge of your seat. So it's going to be a great episode. You're really going to enjoy it. Um, And remember, like, remember at the start of the year, you were coming up with your New Year's resolutions and it was about like how much money you wanted to make and blah, blah, blah. But I'm sure you also had one in there if you really thought about about it, which was like, I want to be a good person this year. I want to help others and I want to make sure I'm I'm giving more than I'm taking. And if you didn't, maybe you should have had that goal. But if you did have that goal, then what I will ask you or how I will ask you to help the DGR podcast is to go and click five stars on your podcast app. So go and give us a, a good rating and make sure you click following or subscribe on whatever app you use. So on Spotify, for example, you can go on, click that little bell. That's one click. Imagine one little click. You could be following the podcast. Another click, five stars. There you go. You're done. I know everyone always thinks it doesn't like they tune out of this part. So I'm saying, come back to me. Listen to me. Don't tune out. to Don't tune out from me. Not like one of my clients. Listen, go and do it for me, please. That would be that would be really helpful for the podcast. So and if you've already done it, thank you so much. So. um, So, yeah, here's Jeff and I hope you enjoy. We're on. Um, before we go into that, what? How does it feel to be the most downloaded man of the year on the DGR podcast? <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's quite an honor. You know, you've had some freaking fantastic guests. Um, it's a lot of great podcasts that I listen to, and so it's cool. You know, it's cool. I'm pretty casual about it all. You know, I'm just. I'm just lucky and blessed that I get to do this. You know what I mean? This is awesome. Being able to just jump on and chat. Uh, this, this is like the best. This is like what I look forward to the most, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite thing to do. I think the, the networking side of things, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not particularly good at. I, I'm not like an active networker. As most people know who know me, like it's, you know, I, I'm especially online. But when I meet people that I connect with, well, like, I could I could easily not talk to them for months on end, but I I think I have like lots of good relationships with people that I could just catch up with at any stage, and I think that's yeah. that's important to me. And the podcast is is I think it's a cool way of doing that, you know. Yeah, yeah, just checking in. It's it's good, you know. I think when you're just when you just make genuine connections like that, it's it's one of those things where things just kind of pick up where they left off. You know, you don't have to do a lot of F you don't have to exert a lot of effort to kind of just pick up conversation or whatever. So, no, especially if you're talking to interesting people, it's it's quite easy. Like, so I think that I, I kind of made a decision with the podcast, not, not made a decision, but I'm not going to put out episodes for the sake of it where I don't really want to, like, I'm like, okay, I'll just do this with someone that I actually don't have too many questions for, you know, <laughs> but that's it, just what beca- it becomes do. a chore. Yeah, it does. That's what podcasts do. And what's the point? Yeah. You, know? you might as well have fun with it. You know, yeah. 
I think so. I think so. Um, tell me about your your social media hiatus. Yeah, so I'm sure people have noticed, but I've basically taken off almost a month probably at this point, you know, probably going on three, a little over three weeks. Um, so just leading up to Christmas, obviously just kind of wrapped things up in the gym, finished out my year here, had a lot of exciting things happen um, with just athletes and announcements and the teams and stuff that I train that we could probably chat a bit about here in a bit. But yeah, I just, I just took it off, man. You know, I, there's just so many, you know, what started driving me nuts is just like all these polarizing recommendations that people need to make around their training and their diet and stuff around the holidays. And it's just like on one end, you have one extreme of like, make sure you, you know, uh, keep your training in and, and make sure your diets, you know, put down the treats and the this. And then on the other end, it's like the opposite, right? Like, Oh, take as much time off as you want and eat all the treats you want. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, I was just the, just the, the polarizing ends of and extremes of social media, just in terms of, obviously I see a lot of fitness content, right? Cause that's what mm -hmm. I do. And so that's what I follow. And it's just, I got like, as a professional, me getting overwhelmed by that kind of information, not because I'm like looking for the information, but just seeing the, just taking the perspective of what it's like, you know, somebody who's out here kind of looking for answers and they go on social media and they see just two totally different viewpoints from two, you know, and it's just like, how do you make a decision around that mm -hmm. when you're going to something, you know? And so I just got, I just got tired of it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, it kind of started with me just taking the week off the gym. Like I took a, almost a week and a half. I just was not in the gym at all. It was quite nice. Um, as much as I love being in here, it is nice to step away. And just naturally from me not being in the gym, um, I just wasn't on social media and, uh, it's great. It was a great end of the year. <laughs> you you need like, to do what uh what Goggins uh, what Goggins does. He follows zero people. Yeah, that's it's smart, you know. It's smart. It is because... smart. It is. Now you won't build the connections. Like that's the, that's right. the issue. Right. Oh. I mean, I, I guess that's the networking will be quite hard, right? I guess, but I guess when you have a status like him, you don't, you know, you're no, he yeah, hard. he doesn't need it. He doesn't like, matter. Yeah. yeah he's not gonna be Instagram DMing people if he wants to get in touch with fucking joe rogan he'll yeah, get his number exactly. or he text literally him. text him yeah mm. exactly and then if he needs anybody from there he can also just text joe rogan and probably get whoever it is exactly. right so. but it is smart I, I mostly i i look at almost no content on instagram almost yeah. none genuinely yeah. and i think sometimes people think that like i'm ignoring their content or i should be commenting and stuff on their content i'm honestly not i just don't see it <laughs> Yeah, uh, because I just view it as like it's this is for my business, and I just go on my page, post what I need to post, and yeah. connect with people there as much as I can, as much as I need to. So that's how I do it. Uh, yeah. But I still get I get fucking burned out as well. Yeah, it's it's just yeah yeah, it's just one of those things. It, for me, it's just the polarizing extremes, and I'm just like man just like let people enjoy their holiday i'm gonna go enjoy mine that's what i did yeah <laughs> so yeah. and i was like the only and i knew the only way i was gonna enjoy it is if i just turned it off yeah know? and so i did so it was good it was good and mm -hmm. i like i said i haven't really i've popped in here and there done a couple of q a's posted a couple of good posts just with some clients some progress updates on some clients that i've worked with over the years and you know some try to keep it pretty positive and then um i found myself just getting so worked up by people's stuff that i would just get just frustrated and negative and i don't like that 
side. No. So, um, so I just, yeah, I decided to walk away and, and now I'm just kind of easing back into it, you know, hope to bring people some good content this year and just good, thoughtful helping, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do the best I can to not be so aggressive, um, aggressive, like, like against towards other people, I should say, mm-hmm. I'll be aggressive in my messaging and, and my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my content, yeah. but just, you know, I think do it a little more tastefully, I guess. <laughs> I, think, I think when you start to like things start to annoy you on it or anyway, anything in your life, it's a good time to, it is a good time to take a break because there's other times in your life where that stuff doesn't annoy you at all. You're like, Oh, that's just whatever. But there's something yeah. like there's, you're hitting a block there and it's just something is fucking bugging you and small yep. things start bugging you. So that happened to me as well. I had to take a, I had to take a break. Actually, well, that me, I didn't really take much of a break, but I just got complete. I actually thought about like quitting altogether because there's like three things. There was one guy, I won't name, name any names, I never do, but one, like one guy took a couple of shots at me on his profile and I'm blocked on his profile. And like, <laughs> I, 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 I can't engage. I've tried to engage with the person in the past, but he says, like completely isn't true and i've tried to like say let's talk about this and he won't uh yeah. but i've since find, found out that that person has is like in trouble mentally mentally ill uh so i've i've realized don't or i've been told like don't try and engage because they're not they're not well and there was a couple of other people and that that just like tarred my whole experience with online stuff for a little while that was on my mind and i was just like fuck this but then i realized like it's just it's really just a couple of people that yeah. were doing that to me. So it's, it seems that the crazy thing with social media is even though it's so vast, right? Like you still find yourself in this tiny little bubble and it's, it's amazing how like it's, I've kind of had this conversation where, you know, if you go 10 years ago, obviously you were like really in a bubble, right? Like you got information from very limited sources. Mm-hmm. You didn't really have any way of like vetting information without doing some serious, serious research. Um, you didn't really have a lot of anecdotal data, which I think is like a, a, an amazing phenomenon. Maybe the scientists don't agree with it, but I think just the amount of an- anecdotal data that you can go out and sort of observe on social media and online now, just through the various methods of content i'm not saying necessarily you should take everything that you see on instagram and youtube is like absolute truth but what i am saying is it's like you just have a lot of exposure to a lot of stuff that you can see with your eyes and observe yourself versus just somebody being like hey this is the way this works or this is what i've seen and it's like that's the only kind of way of getting information that you had but on the flip side you still like with the the way the algorithm and stuff works on instagram is it still bubbles you in so you still get like very limited to exposure to certain to certain people and certain you know and it's it's just kind of mind-blowing like how it's sort of a paradox because it's kind of both it's like Mm -hmm. there is so much out there but you're also not going to get exposed to a lot of it because you just the way the you know like i said the way the algorithm works it it narrows in yeah things so you just sort of see the same thing it's you would think it would change and i guess it i guess it it can, if you really make an effort to go out and find other stuff. Right. But if you're just kind of scrolling and following and liking or whatever, you're just going to start seeing the same stuff over and over mm-hmm. it's kind of the same way. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah I, just embr- I just embrace that. It's, it's yeah. an echo. It's, it's, social media is an echo chamber. <laughs> it's what it's, yeah, it's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously you like, obviously we, 
we want to see stuff we want to see, which is the whole, you know, what's the point of the algorithm if it doesn't put stuff mm-hmm. in front of our faces that we want to see, right? So, but you know what? Uh, on TikTok, I, so I'm on TikTok, I post some of my Instagram reels on TikTok, just some of them, just to have some kind of presence there that I might want to exploit in the future, but probably not. Um, but I really like scrolling on TikTok. I hate scrolling on Instagram. But I think TikTok, it's, I think it's just because like I have no business there. It's not, it's not a business thing, right? right? So I can just like scroll for 20 minutes or whatever. And what I fucking love watching on TikTok is chess videos. And I don't even know how to play chess, but <laughs> but most like just because I watch one or two, like they show me all chess videos, and it's some guy explaining, like, oh Magnus Carlsen, he's the best player in the world. He's gonna do this move, and I'm like. This is this is enthralling. <laughs> I know it's yeah. So it's, like I just got sucked in and know all the chess videos and I fucking love them. I will say I, I I don't see it a lot on 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 TikTok. It's mostly Instagram, the trolling mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and the memes and the what. I mean, I don't know. I guess TikTok really is just it's like full on entertainment. I think at this point, and so mm-hmm. that's really their market is just entertainment. You so. will see some nasty comments are uh, on TikTok like. Not on my page, I get zero comments, but like on other people's pages, like someone would just get straight to the point and not try and have an intellectual. It's just like, bro, <laughs> you're whatever, you know, you're oh fucking gosh. this or that. So like, <laughs> and, and actually, I feel like if someone commented, like abusing me on TikTok on one of my reels, like I wouldn't give a shit. Or right. on Instagram, I you feel take like it so personally. Yeah, so there's a difference there. I feel like on Instagram, it's like, no, this is like, more of the intellectual space where i don't want my i don't want you to just take something out of context or whatever yeah it's it's i feel like probably too because like i feel like it's a lot easier maybe just to kind of go viral and get big on tiktok right it doesn't require as much effort i mean what about what do i know i mean it's not not like i have a big viral account but it just seems that way Mm-hmm. And at least that's what most people will say. Like TikTok's definitely a lot easier to just get mm-hmm. a, a lot of exposure. Whereas I feel like Instagram just takes a lot of work kind of still a lot of work and a lot of luck still like, yeah, you can have that one that goes viral, but I have, I've seen people that have a post go viral and yeah, maybe they get a lot of followers or whatever, but then they just kind of die out. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to generate a lot of momentum. I think mm-hmm. it can obviously probably for the right person. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people try to figure out social media and there's no real figuring out. It's just consistency mm-hmm. and different things, but it's consistency. Yeah. We've had a few like viralish posts on Instagram and, and I actually don't know how to look at it now because I, I know I can see why I think they went viral. Like it's, it's, it's obvious, obvious enough. I designed them in the way that like they might, they might hit it. Like that. Attention. Yeah. Yeah. But we got tons of, we got 30,000 followers in a month or something like, but like those, the value of those followers are way less. Like because the they value, just, yeah, they're way way less. So like now I'm like, mm, should I even do a viral post? Like them kind of virally posts? Maybe not. Yeah, because you're just attracting a high percentage of people that don't actually really care. And then yep. if Instagram is only going to show your post to like ten percent of your followers, then it might be that ten percent they're showing into. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, huh? I mean, because obviously, like, even just through networking, I know a lot of people that have a lot of followers, way more than me, like way, way more than me. Um, and it's interesting just to get, obviously, I won't share anybody or, or what's going on, but just 
getting there, you know, it's put a lot of perspective into me talking to some people with like much bigger accounts because I'm like, man, they must just be killing it. Right. Like they have like so many 500,000 followers or whatever. And they just deal, they deal with the same problems I deal with. And it's exactly what you just touched on right there is that they might have a lot of followers, but the value that those followers bring, like a lot of people see it as social value, which is fine. But at the end of the day, for the person making the content, it's not just about social value, right? It's about like the actual value in my bank accounts. And do these mm-hmm. people actually bring value into my business? Not just, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and I don't, I don't think you get that, you know? And, and so I, I've worked, I've worked with a lot of very broke, popular, famous influencers just because, it, you know, cool, you're, you're popular, but you don't bring value to, to, to these people that, or to bring them a product that they actually want to purchase that gives them, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's just, so it's just interesting. Like when people tell me, oh, it's such and such has so many followers. I'm like, that doesn't, okay. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's potential there. I think that's the thing is there's potential for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you, at the end of the day, if you don't have a good product, people are going to come and go and not going to stick around. You know, the bulk of my clients online, obviously in person for sure, but online even are long-term clients. They're long, long long-term clients. Like they've been with me for years. Yeah. Um, which is to me more grat like more it's it's way more gratifying. Yeah. That's a big testament to your work. I have the I have the same I've been I haven't I haven't been taking on new clients for probably 12 months i've taken on like a one or two here or there where i felt like okay go on like you've made a strong enough case i'll, I'll squeeze you in and stuff like that um but i look back at the, in my look at my diary like they're all they're all from are they like now i'm slightly different to you where we might be just cleaning up something and they go off and do whatever and then they'll come back and we'll, we'll do a few other things but like they're all there from a few years ago pretty much yeah and that's uh that's fun. Like it's, that's, it's so good to be able to do that with people. Yeah. And I think that might be a case for people trying to charge more for their one-to-one online stuff, maybe charging a little bit more sometimes yeah. and getting people to commit to slightly longer as well. Because the tire kickers. Yeah. That, that's what I did. I, I just decided the new year, my, my monthly is going up. Um, I bumped it up 25 bucks a month, which is like, from being only 50, I basically just bumped it up. Like, you know, what is that? I don't know. 50%. Not 50%, so went, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I bumped it. I just said, you know what? Boom, bumping it up. And uh, that was it. I made that decision. I was like, you know, obviously everyone who's on there already, they grandfathered in on what they were. But yeah, just to kind of get rid of those people um, that just kind of come knocking. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of people see it as, as great. Like, hey, you know, it's, it's new people. But I, I will be honest. And I'm sure a lot, and I, I know other friends that do online coaching have the same issue is those people always tend to be the, the ones that you spend the most time on too. Right. So oh, yeah. these people, they, these people come in and they're asking a billion questions and like, obviously that that's not their fault. That's it's the service I provide. Right. I'm just stating like what happens, the fact, the behavior of these people. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not their fault at all because it's the service that I, I, I gladly offer, but I do spend the most time on those people. And then they're in for three or four weeks and then they're out mm-hmm. like the, like, and it should be like that, right? Like the ones that have been with me a long time are going to need the least amount of effort because hopefully the content that I give them educates them in a way where they can start making sense of all this and making decisions themselves or whatever. And so then now I'm just kind of there to, to, to bounce feedback off of here and there 
you know, as needed. And to me, that's, that's a sign of like, you're doing the right thing because they're not so heavily reliant on all these like black and white answers or, or whatever. You, mm-hmm. you kind of serve more as a guide and then, and then they're able to start figuring out themselves. And then a lot of people just like my style of training or like my style of programming or just like the access. Hey, you know, I do want to ask a question about this or that or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everyone does it differently, but that's, that seems to be what works for me because the first two years of getting this off the ground online, it's a, it, I've spent a lot of time on people that just, yeah, they're gone in a month. And, and obviously like you can make something happen in a month for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, but, yeah. but whether they really actually perceive that value in the long term, you know, it's like, eh, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. So Your- it just takes time. This stuff takes time. It just does, you know? And it's like, you can make a lot of quick changes. You post amazing success stories. I've posted, I've seen a lot of people like, Oh, in three weeks or four weeks or a few sessions or whatever. And that's awesome. Um, and I, and I do believe you should, you should be trying to get uh, that someone a result as fast as possible, but that doesn't mean yeah. like that they, they stop then <laughs> it's yeah. about educating them to say like, let's imagine exactly. what we could do in six months. Yeah, you know? exactly. So exactly. I, I, I'm a big fan of getting short-term wins. Some coaches will say, oh, 100%. Oh, no, no, like it's, it's all about the, the long-term. No, get someone to win as fast as possible and keep them long-term yeah. and you get the best of all. It's, it's those little short-term wins that in a way can keep people because, especially because yeah. people, a lot of people that I deal with, they've been through it. And I'm sure you're, you're in the same situation, right? Is it's just, they've been around the block a hundred times dealing with the same thing for years and years and it's, it's if you can get them to win in a couple of weeks or a couple of sessions or oh, whatever. Yeah, big time. And the crazy part is a lot of it's just really basic, just good coaching. It's not even like, it's not even like super innovative. Like, it's just like, wow, they just took this person totally overlooked this or overlooked that. And you touch on that. It's like, wow, it makes them feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Right. So hundred percent. Um, I think for yeah. you now, you like, so you, you've, you've upped your price by 50%. Yep. So your next, your next thing, there's three ways, basically you can, you can charge more, you can get more people in, or you can get them to stay longer, or you yep. can do all three of those things. So the yep. next one now is, um, retention maybe for you. Retention. Um, yeah. Thinking about even, even so like thinking about your average retention and then saying, right, if I can get that 20% more, like that's going to be a big, big, big increase in revenue and then after that then the last one will be probably thinking about getting more people in yeah and they're they're, there you're getting more in they're staying for longer and they're all paying and actually you'll you'll feel like probably like probably just as easy as you put up the price from 50 to 75 and you might not notice that much of a difference in your uptake at all you might just notice that like one or two small things on when they come in might increase their attention by 30 percent 20 percent without you doing anything it could be one video that goes into their inbox or it could be like a video that goes into their inbox at week three or at week four or at that point where some people seem to drop off it's like oh just remember guys like here's here's like here's the reason that you maybe started and we're getting there. And if you have a question at this time, like now is the time to ask and let's, let's keep our, let's keep our discipline for the next four weeks ahead. That could yep. be fucking, you know, yep. something like that. Yeah. I mean, cause even with the bulk, 
I mean, I, I, I do offer like, you know, a custom coaching programming, whatever you want to call it um, for people that really want a lot more extra attention. Mm-hmm. But honestly, with, with the, with the, the apps and the way they're set up is I feel like you can really give even like the, the broad customer base, a really personal experience without having to charge them that ticket. And then the, like, yeah, for me, it's going to be okay. about the price. It's definitely to add more value to what's there. Right. Like, um, which is also why I did it. So I'm not spending hours with these people coming in and, 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 and I'll just say abusing it a little bit. Right. But now I can take that extra hour, extra two hours and I can make a video or, or a well thought out video around a concept that I know people are asking questions about or whatever and post that. And so it's just to add more value onto the platform and then to get all the people going, wow, this new value that you've added is amazing in these videos and then post that. And then people go, huh, I wonder what's going on in there. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that's kind of my, my game plan, mm-hmm. you know, um, our, for- our, our retention for our membership site, our retention improved a lot when I started doing a weekly email, just saying like, here's what's coming up this week. Cause someone might be like on the Monday, they might be like, Oh, I'm going to cancel that fucking thing. And then the email comes out and it's like, perfect. Here's, here's what we're showing you. On here's Tuesday. what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. I think it would improve even more if I had like, here's what's coming for the next four weeks. Cause there could be something on week three that they're like, Oh fuck. I don't want to miss that. Yeah. Uh, so like, I think the little, here's what's coming type of things. Smart. Yeah. I think they that's want. really smart. I'm going to note that down. That's really smart. That's the one thing I'm not good at. That's it's definitely something I can improve on big time is letting, I enjoy getting your emails, <laughs> not just from the business perspective, but just now that I've established a relationship, a friendship with you, I like to say, man, what's going on in David's life. And I like that you add the personal touch too. Right. Cause it mm-hmm. makes me feel like I know what's going on. And even just the, the, the more casual stuff, like, you know, we went on a holiday this weekend or we took yeah. the dog out and this is what happened. Those are great. You know, I Email think it just, it, it personalizes a lot more. Email is so fucking key. Yeah. That's I think so it just amazing. brings it, it gives, it makes people have a little bit of empathy for a person, right? It's mm-hmm. hard online. Like, yeah, it's like when you're personal training, it's hard for a client to come in and cancel, right? Because they kind of have to do it right to your face. Yeah. So online, it's so impersonal. So if you can just make it super personal yeah. and then people go, oh yeah, there is a person on the other side of this. Like, let me think about this being a dick today, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so that's uh, smart. It's good. It's really good. Uh, so I should have told you beforehand, but I have some predictions for the industry in 2023 and you're going to comment on them. Okay. okay. <laughs> I like this. this I should have. Good. I should have. And you, you can chime in in your own ones, but I, I didn't get to give you a chance to think about it. I meant to send it to you. Uh, That's so, all right. Uh, in no, in no particular order. Uh, the back squad is going to make a very strong comeback in 2023. It, I think, it struggled for the last few years. It not, has. not everywhere. Um, if you, I think, if you looked at my, I did a knee webinar at the very, very start of COVID. Oh. And like I had the Zercher squats in it. I had the front squats in it. And all around that time, I was like, no back, no back squats, blah, blah, blah. And there you see a lot of back squats on my page, maybe from people. I do really like heels elevated because um, it just helps people to squat. But I, I, I kind of have gone back to, to actually liking a hingier type of squat rather than a super squatty type of squat. So... Yeah. Uh, that's my first one. I think the back squad. Is going I like to that. Come back. I like that one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think it's coming back with a vengeance. I think training, <laughs> I think training in a whole is just going to like, 
it's just going to be way more simple. I think if people are just going to simplify it down, like incredibly simplify it down. Um, I, you know, powerlifting is going to be like a big, like it's big. Powerlifting is big, but I feel like powerlifting as a modality, like how people train and just simplify movements down to like a few basic patterns is what a lot of people are going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the education of knowing like, so powerlifting 10 years ago, before we went through this, maybe like biomechanics heavy, like yep. motor control type of era that we have gone through, which isn't going away, I don't think, but like people are simplifying their movement there. You can do your, all your squats and all your stuff, I think, but they understand like, you don't have to do them like exactly like a powerlifter does them. Exactly. I think that's yeah. the difference. Even powerlifters, if you follow, and I don't, again, I don't follow a lot. I, I know enough and I follow enough to, to, to like know who the, who I know who the, the who's who of powerlifters are. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of them are changing their, their techniques, not just maybe just how they approach it, you know, and, and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And, you're starting to see a lot of women like break big records with like a way more narrow stance squat. You're starting to see uh, a lot of powerlifters like John Hack, like guys that squat high bar, but they're like powerlifters. So I think you're starting to see some more of the traditional rules be broken and explored a little bit. Um, you know, there's a girl who just broke, I think, a world record or something, Layla, something or other. But she has like she literally stands with almost her feet together, like, you know, not this crazy wide sumo stance which is nothing wrong with that either but you're just starting to see people change it a little bit you know um and explore different concepts a little bit um because i think too like you know we probably understand the mechanisms a little better but i think those people love powerlifting so much too they want to do it for a long time they don't want to feel beat up and just feel like super restricted range of motion wise Mm -hmm. you're starting to see powerlifters which is funny because it's People will treat it like it's a new concept, but you know, Westside did tons of concurrent training with with plyometrics and 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 a lot more athletic. Like they did a lot of a lot of box jump jumping and things like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think back squat. I've never stopped back squatting. I will never stop back squatting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely see. I think that the squatty squats, like the zerchers and the goblets and the fronts, have been good to get people to realize like. Oh yeah. It doesn't really take a lot to actually be able to just squat um, and maybe get people to rethink it. But Mm -hmm. I tell you what, man, I see some strong guys with some big legs with some pretty hingy squats, Mm -hmm. you know, and they seem to be doing all right. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, I think the front loaded stuff is, is great. I really like it, but um, when I want someone to get really, really strong, I write, I really like a back squat. With yeah. a, a slight, not like a fucking good morning, but like a, sli- I think a slight hinge where they yeah. really get their hips into it. And if I just really want quads, like I will give them a front, I will give them a front loaded one if that helps them hit depth and get more quad out of it. But like in yeah. general, I just want a bit of everything. I'll usually give them a back squat now and just give yeah. them a heel elevation. So I don't have to fucking spend time coaching it. Like, you know, yep. it just allows them to sit down into it a bit more. So for me, anyway, back squats have made a big comeback probably over the last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I think you can, if look, if you have the mobility and you have the technical awareness, I think a good old back squat, whether you wear the flat shoe, I've been wearing a flat shoe a lot recently, but even if you wear an Olympic shoe or even if you just slightly elevate your heels, you take a slightly outside hip width stance, get enough, get a comfortable stance that gives you full knee flexion. 
I think as long as you're doing some sign of some sort of conventional hinging, like like a look at the narrow stance hinge, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, especially if you want to talk about hip mobility and stuff like that, like my deadlift is uh, my feet are almost together when I pull mm-hmm. from the floor. Um, again, there's other, you can switch it up. You can do different variations, do sumos, do wider stance, play with different things, of course. But I think most people are going to be a little bit more comfortable with a wider stance on a spot, which is fine. Again, as long as they get full knee flexion, I would say just do some conventional stance hinging um, or single leg or whatever, but just a more narrow stance. If you want to just kind of maintain hip mobility and really get those glutes and hammies and get enough, you know, of that internal rotation, then you'll probably be fine. Mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. but yeah i agree back squat i hope so i hope back squats make a big comeback um okay next one let me see i have a few i think the ai thing the chat gpt and stuff like that i think the i think that's going to be i think blog posts are going to make a massive comeback and i think you're going to start to see people like for example, your friend knees over toes guy, like I think you're going to see all these types of people. So like fucking elbow guy or like elbow whatever guy and they'll, their page will be filled with like blog posts. This will be more for a Google search, like, but their page will be filled with like blog posts, posts that have been AI generated and stuff yeah. like that. And people will like, and they, and I think that's a really good idea. I think you could be the, have a guy for every single part of the body and just like spam your page with blog posts. And the blog post would probably be pretty decent. If you should type into chat GPT, like make a, make a, you, you tore your bicep, did you? Yeah. Like yep. m- make a bicep. It'd be interesting to, to type that in later on. Like give See me a bicep rehab program or like what are the five things I need for this? Bet you it'll spit out something pretty good if you write in the right yeah. thing. So I think that's going to be a big one. I'm glad you brought this up because I, I literally was just having this conversation with somebody else when we were kind of talking about the value of online programming, right? Because to me, programs don't really have a lot of value. And, and I think they're going to become less valuable because mm-hmm. it's the exact point. You can type in, and, and people are already doing it. I'm sure people are already doing it. I, like, I guarantee it. You know, um, hey, you know, write me a powerlifting program with this equipment or something, and it's gonna boom, spit out a program. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like, of course, there's always gonna be some human element, which is the interesting part about it to see like how close to that we can actually get to the point. Can we actually discern a difference? Yeah. Because I think that's the scariest part to people is like AI is like how 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 much of this is human and how much of it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think AI is going to change everything. I think because of that exact reason, like even I'll get to the point where I don't have to write a program. Yeah. I'll just say client needs this, boom, 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 put it in there. It's going to do it for me. Yeah. Paste it. I think the real value that's going to come, that's going to make or break. And I think you're going to really start to see a difference. I think, I do think this is a good thing is coaching. Like, can you actually coach? And I think the value of that's really going to go up because like, like the AI is just going to spit programs out. It's going to spit stuff out for you to read and follow. It's when you run into trouble and you can't get that human. Everyone knows how frustrating it is right now to call a helpline for whatever it may be, the bank or a product or whatever, and you cannot get a person on the phone. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it's, 
even to pay my, my, my internet bill, like I have to go through hoops to just get someone on the phone because just the, the, the computer just doesn't have that thing where you just have, and I think you're going to see that everywhere. And so I think the value of coaching is going to become more and more because yeah, chat, chat GPT has changed everything. It, mm-hmm. And honestly, it's probably gonna be better than what, at least I don't know what you've seen, but some of the stuff that I've seen that people come in here with me that they've purchased from other people or whatever, they say, Hey, it, I think chat GPT could probably do a way better job putting stuff together. Like it's, <laughs> it's that bad. Um, I agree. I, I, it's going to be interesting. And I know actually I was just following somebody this morning who, who tried it, who, who uh, kind of like was doing like a little test and did like an AI formulated program. And he was actually like, it was actually quite good. Like it was actually quite a good program. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, my thing is the intention and it's, it's kind of always been that it's like the intention behind the exercises. So like when it spits yep. out like back squat, like there's a hundred ways to back squat or bench press or whatever. So yep. like we, I've personally tried to differentiate ourselves with our programs where like I have the videos of me explaining it and trying to be very clear. Like, this is how I want you to do this. This is what I want yeah. you to feel if you just write exercises on a sheet, then that just leaves it open to interpretation and you're literally just someone that's writing a program then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if I, if I were to, and people don't realize that, like if I've spent a lot of money with coaches, yeah, I regret, like regrettably (laughs) Um, many years ago when we didn't have social media really. And it's like, you bought, you bought a PDF from a a well-known coach. You spend like a thousand bucks, right. For like a, a year or something. And that's what you got. You got like a PDF spreadsheet with some exercises, um, you know, and same thing, but back squat, you know, hammer curl or whatever. And it's like, how does the person coach this? How does the person want it done? Do they want it? And so the, what do the people do? They just went on YouTube and they typed in, you know, how to back squat or whatever. And that's when those YouTube videos were like super popular. Um, and it just was bad. You know, you'd walk into the gym and you ask everyone to back squat and you got, hundred different ways of doing it. Right. Exactly. So like you said, the intention is, is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, making your own videos is everything about your intention is, mm-hmm. is everything. Yeah. So, so people important. get it directly from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And even if, right. Like, even if you're programming, even if you're group coaching, let's say, or, or, or online programming for a group, let's say, and like that, that you program back squat, but that back squat isn't exactly the way, like what, what that person should be doing. And they write in, oh, so I have some issues here. At least you know, as the coach, okay, this is the way I wanted them to do it. And that's not working yeah. for them. Yeah. Rather than just their fucking weird interpretation. And now that leaves it open to, so then you can say, okay, fr- like instead of doing the way I said in the video, do try this, this, and this instead. You know? So I think yep. having your own videos is so important. Yeah, exactly. I, it, that's, this is kind of, here's all the, here's the rundown how I conceptualize it or usually communicate it. And then it's like, here's the problems that lots of people will commonly run into. And here's the solutions that I've found for these problems that people commonly run into. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful both online. I think it's also an, a massive edge. Like I think people do realize the difference between trainers and coaches online who work with people and those who don't. Mm-hmm. It's such a massive edge when you have when you're actually dealing with people in person and somebody comes to a problem and you go, Oh, I just dealt with that with this other person and it worked really well. And it's very similar. I'm going to try that here. But if people don't have that experience online, they just kind of, 
it's just kind of like a crapshoot, right? They just throw out a bunch of different yeah. uh, recommendations and it's like, versus actually trying to methodically target it, like methodically, what's the word I'm looking for? Just narrow it down, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, we're never perfect and I've never, I've never, I'm not a hundred percent, right? Like I'll subscribe things that just don't work, mm-hmm. but it definitely, it, you're able to narrow it down. I think a lot easier, you know, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, yeah. The AI stuff's fascinating. I could talk about, I could do a whole podcast just on that, but um, it's very interesting. Cause yeah, it's like, how do you even like, I, I'm sure people even just their Instagram posts are AI at this point. Mm, you don't even wh- saw some Twitter ones that were, yeah. Yeah. But like, I, like, the guy was like, I think he's like, his engagement spiked to the roof and blah, blah, blah. And then he admitted like for the last week, every post that I'd done was an AI generated. AI generated. Week. See what I mean? And they were like, I, I was looking through them. I was like, I, like these are amazing. Oh gosh. You know? It's scary. But, but for the likes of, I don't want to say us, for the likes of me, it's not like, I don't, I don't have the, the, not the time, but like the interest or the energy to really put into like learning how to harness that. But digital, like people who are real digital marketers where everything is about like leveraging my time for this type of thing, like they will, they they might not even be coaches. They'll be having programs. They'll be, they'll be having websites filled with like stock images or the the Dali, like the fake, the image of like this is your coach. It's actually a fake person. It's 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 an AI generated image as well. Like I guarantee it, this is going to happen. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent, it's going to happen. I I I am without a doubt certain it's happening right now. One hundred percent, it's happening. Which I don't mind. It's just fucking like it's just interesting. Is like where is this? I don't know on the re on the rehab or like the, I think physios should be a little bit. Not not worried at all. Like in some ways, they should just ignore this completely and just keep doing their best, the best job yeah. they can. But like in other ways, I'm like, be, like they they should they should be a bit worried at the moment, especially ones who don't focus on movement. They should be worried because you're not doing a good job because you're not actually making people stronger and move more and stuff. But like when, especially you'll notice this as well with the younger athletes, the younger clients that are coming in, like they're way more educated. They yep. actually know what they're doing or know what they're looking for. They're asking way better questions than I fucking was 10 years ago when I went to 100%. Physio. way better. They are, I would say like most young athletes that I come across now that are serious about their sport, they are actually coming in and they are far better in terms of exercise selection and um understanding programming than most physios i meet yeah and i i mean far better like they would lose physios in terms of this is how i think my snc should go this is what i need yeah. to work on my play plyometrics and stuff like that that should be worrying for physios who aren't oh, oh yeah i mean yeah i'm the, i mean the online market in general changed that a lot right because now you don't have to just go to your local physio mm-hmm. obviously unless there's like a really acute like oh shit i you know, really sprain it. Obviously you have to go get some care, but, mm-hmm. but in terms of the whole just chronic stuff or, or, or look, what I've realized getting back into rugby is everyone's dealing with something. Mm-hmm. It's just who's talking about it. And most people are just putting up with it yeah. and they do just, and I do see that. Yeah. You know what? Maybe this guy is not going to a physio or whatever, but he's probably managing this a lot better than a physio would help him manage it anyway, because he understands his body. He understands his sport. He understands the demands of it. And he knows that, and I'm not saying this is a, an application, but he knows that going to the physio for his knee and get thrown on the bike for 30 minutes is not going to cut it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not a physio, but I, I work with a lot. I've worked with local ones and they're good ones, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, the, the athletes definitely, I think it's, it's like, you know, what, what used to happen is athletes didn't train mm-hmm. and then strength and conditioning became more and more popular. So then you got like team trainers and strength and conditioning. And then the best players just went out of their way and went private industry anyway, and just totally ignored their team trainers. Mm-hmm. And then the nutrition stuff. So now you're seeing all the nutrition and body work stuff. If you look at how much guys like LeBron and Cristiano and all these guys spend on yeah. um, just recovery, modality, recovery and training, stuff like that. Yeah. And now actually understanding the processes versus just going, you know, it's evolving. And I think that's why you're seeing athletes evolve. I think that's why you're constantly seeing we keep thinking, oh, this guy's the greatest. No one's going to come be, come through and, and be better than him. And then, oh, here comes <laughs> here comes yeah. a guy that's better than him. And like you said, they understand. They just understand it better and better and better and better. And mm-hmm. I think like any elite level athlete's going to do anything and everything they can to leverage. Hundred percent. Look at exactly what you just said. Look at our era now of athletes that we've lived through, that we've been privileged to live through. We live through Usain Bolt, right? Fastest man ever. Um, LeBron James, you could argue the greatest basketballer ever. I know some yep. like in terms, of, especially in terms of longevity and athleticism. Oh yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he'll uh, be playing with his son. That's crazy. It's insane. So Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, probably the two greatest footballers ever. Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, all these. We were we like. You can probably name every sport and and they are the greatest ever. And they're all like uh, in the same generation. So like there has to be a reason for that. Yeah. You know, and so what's going to come after them? (laughs) I don't think it's going to just go away. Like in some sports, maybe. I I think it's going to get better. And I I noticed that on an amateur level, amateur athletes coming into me asking me very high level questions good yeah. questions really educated questions and they're getting it from online they're watching all different coaches from around the world and they're they're learning yeah and the technology too i think the technology is a big boost you know i mean it's yeah it's just it's so it's just so crazy <laughs> when you just think about it it's a lot mm-hmm. but um even you know we thought okay you're saying bolt Probably no one else in our generation. And now we got a couple of young guys. That it's like, uh, maybe, I don't know. I think they might beat Usain Bolt's record, you know? Um, it's just, it's just wild. It's just because it's not even like, oh, that was like 20, 15 years ago. Like Usain Bolt was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And already people are kind of like figuring things out. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be fun to see. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to embrace it. It's one of those things like you can try to reject that, the, this AI technology all you want it's coming and it's going to stay. So embrace it, figure out how you can leverage it and use it for your benefit or, you know, at least understand it somewhat the same way that we've all had to figure out, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, you're going to have to figure out to some degree, at least understand it and what it's doing and how it's going to change your industry because it will change our industry. No doubt. hundred percent. Well, look at some stage, we're probably going to be like, if you're injured or whatever, or, whatever you're just going to end up walking in standing into something like like almost like a portable mri machine or something like that yeah something that tells you way more than what an mri would and it's just like oh there's there's a spot or there's the whatever like Um, some vital some crazy vital scanner thing that you step into and it just picks up everything right like it's it's going to be able to probably predict how many hours of sleep you got and how much food you ate this week and how hydrated you are and what your blood pressure is and i mean it's going to it's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. 
it's yeah. gonna be crazy like some like what 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 tissues like where there's kind of inhibition here different things like that like there's yeah. just going to be so much so that's going to be cool so my i actually have that other one written down which is like i actually have physios and therapists are fucked that don't focus on movement but we've spoken on <laughs> we've spoken about that so um i really think they are but covid yeah. probably did that to them more so than anything else back squat would make a comeback ai uh, i have more po- more polarization which isn't necessarily a good uh prediction that like everyone would make that prediction but i think the functional fitness crowd are like gaining traction and getting louder and oh, yeah. i think i think i think it's probably a good thing for the most part that like traditionally coaches strength and conditioning coaches have just been like oh stre- more strength is the answer to everything and actually yeah it's not <laughs> it, no. it's, it's it's a good answer for a lot of things but like to to just see that as a vacuum separate to other things that, and the, the one quality is going to improve everything else not necessarily so yeah. i think as they gain traction which i think is a really good thing um i think like the snc crowd are gonna push back even harder and it's just going to be a massive divide bigger than there yeah. is already well, I think SNC is actually becoming SNC. Like, I feel like strength coaches, and I know a couple of people like Angus and a few people have other touched on this recently, is well, they've just been focused on strength, you know? And there's a whole other conditioning is the whole other side of this coin that I think is, is actually making a huge comeback as well. I think a lot of people are getting more, I've gotten more interested in conditioning. Just, just well, one, playing rugby, it's like you got to be pretty conditioned. <laughs> Two, it's just how kind of reintegrating how it actually just makes everything else better for me, you know, and and just the feeling of it and how do I feel? And, you know, I'm not older. I'm not old. I am getting older. You are older. So 30, 32, be 33 soon. So it's just like, you're the youngest you're ever going to be. I, that's right. I know. That's right. So it's just starting to integrate these things back in and focus on it. And, um, you know, even for it's, it's low hanging fruit you know, even for general pop, it's also just interesting to see the bias of population that coaches deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. That's always, that always makes a really interesting outcome. Like what do they focus on the most? Right. Like if you're a strength conditioning coach that trains track athletes, you probably don't do a lot of conditioning because they go to the track and they do a lot of conditioning. So yeah, you focus more on the strength side Mm -hmm. of things or whatever, but when you have general pop clients, I feel like you kind of need to know a lot of different things, right. Especially people that just haven't been doing anything have not been active at all there's a lot you you can touch on there. And so I think it just depends of course, but um, yeah. I think strength and conditioning though, kind of that, that title, and I don't care about titles. I really don't, but like that title has to go because it straight away, like a coach is, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. So I have to do strength or I have to do conditioning. I can't like, does that mean where does plyometrics come in? Where does like just getting someone to move their spine better move, come in or like, rhythm or coordination or all of these other yep. things where do they come in yeah. so strength and conditioning is a great is a very descriptive term and it's accurate for a lot of coaches but it's not what the coaches should be should be doing correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah i think the toolbox has to definitely expand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. and it's so like it's crazy that it hasn't already like that people are still using trying to solve every single problem with a strength like with a strength answer or from a strength lens yeah you know uh and you can solve like don't get me wrong you can solve a lot but and i really thought franz bosch's work would have been not embraced because like people 
people hate him and some people hate him and some, some people hate the work and some of the work is I think not not particularly great but at least the theory behind like negative transfer training and not understanding that there's a limit to just getting stronger and how yeah. that's going to transfer over I thought people would try and look into that more but it's just been brushed back under the carpet. Again. I think I think it's one of those things that again yeah, if you don't have exposure, you read it in a book. But I think if you've been in the industry long enough and you've trained athletes specifically long enough, you know that. Like, I can tell you with the football team I train, half, half that team needs to probably be lifting weights. Half, that other, half, the other, half the other half of the team needs to be spending more time on the field. Some of those guys come in the weight room. It's not going to make them a better football player or athlete at all. Some of these guys come and get in the weight room. They were probably going to be better football players. I mean, you know, it's just such a mixed bag. I don't mm-hmm. like, yeah, training in my, the way I kind of have shifted, I don't even know shifted. I think I've always viewed it this way, but what I do in here is a very general adaptation that I think can have carryover. Um, but to say that a hundred percent, it will, mm-hmm. you know, I have guys in here that, that would have got that are going to get D one athlete or D one scholarships if they never touched away in their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't. And, and, and then I have other guys that got D1 scholarships because they touched weights. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but like your ability to predict and know that you're not really going to know until you actually start working with them and, and really mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, okay, there's some benefit here or there's not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, so. it's more, it's more nuanced than like, it's, it's much more nuanced. Like it's yeah. certain the right things at the right times and all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. Okay. Next one. Let me see. I'm nearly done. No, I like these. Uh, I actually have, which is, and I wrote this like two weeks ago, but I think in-person events are making a, a big comeback. Um, obviously, we had our one in your place or one of our ones yep. in your place. Um, I don't know if you're doing more. I think you're doing one with Angus, are you? Yeah, um, Angus, Angus is coming by the end of next month. Sweet. Excellent. Yep. Um, any others? Are you going to do any yourself? I've thought about it. I need to not just think about it and do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just say it. I've been asked. I've been asked. So the thing is, I have. So I actually, a lot of my clients are coaches themselves, mm-hmm. right? So I've been asked to kind of, by many different people, to kind of travel and do some, either A, just do some small stuff, or B, come in and just help with their athletes or their clients that they're dealing with, training with, or maybe experiencing problems with. So, it's very interesting seeing my role, how it's evolved over the past two years to people or how people, what people value in me the most. And it's very much become consulting. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people place a lot of value on me for consulting and, and, and sort of running scenarios and things of dealing with through my head and seeing what I come up with, yeah. um, which I think is amazing. Um, it's brilliant. I've so it's so cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, that's, it's fun because you just get to be you and just, and just give people pers- your perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And I think that va- the perspective people are, are valuing a lot, but um, yeah, so I have guests that I, I want to bring here. For me, it's figuring out how to space it out to where it's not too close together. So people, you know, but at the same, it's, it's, I always, I have one argument for one thing and then I have the counter argument in my head and I'm like, well, if I do that, 
if, and I do this guy. So it's like trying to figure out who I want, then how yeah. close, like, are there concepts and stuff? Because mm-hmm. if I have two people too similar and people like a lot, they might pull a lot of the same population. I don't want mm-hmm. them too close together because a lot of people aren't gonna be able to travel like mm-hmm. this month and next month or whatever. So it's just strategically figuring out who I want and then when and how I space it out through the year. And then also trying to time I've had a couple opportunities to travel over the next year as well, more than a couple. So it's also just trying to figure out how to pencil that all in. The good thing is the gym, I can leave and I'll be fine. I have trainers and coaches here that will take care of it, which is, Jesus, is such a nice thing after mm-hmm. two, uh, you know, after a year and some change of being mm-hmm. open. Um, so yes, the answer is yes, definitely. Um, Angus is the first one uh, in February. I was, potentially I was looking the at, first one yeah you were the first one that was hands <laughs> down of this year angus is the first one of this year um, 2023 angus i haven't done anything outside of that because i was looking at going to bali for a couple of weeks in march nice. very nice whether or not that's going to happen i'm not i'm not still not 100 sure on that so it's just one of those things where there's just a lot of moving parts that i'm kind of trying to figure out right now um mm-hmm. You know what my thing now is like, you're asking, you're asking, oh, should I, should I do like teach my own events? Should I do this? Should I do that? My new lens for that is, is it like, is it cool? That's it. Yeah. Like if I was to tell myself when I was 16 that, oh, I'm going to Jeff's place, going to teach a workshop there. Should I do it? Should I not? My 16 year old self would be like, fuck it, damn right. You're doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's no, I, why, agree. I think I that's agree. a really good lens to look at things from. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right too. I think everyone's just so tired of this COVID shit in the post COVID era. You can call it that yet, but people want to get back out. They want to train. They want to meet people. They want to go to cool places and just socialize and train and and be around other people who have a similar mindset. And I think people are really looking for that right now. Like finally just like, screw this man, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Um, So I think this is going to be a very good year for that. Very definitely a very good year for that. I think people are just ready. They're ready to go ready they're, they're to finally go. they're finally just putting the finger up and be like i'm getting out of here dude mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't give mm-hmm. i don't care mm-hmm. you know which I is good I, I think most people in fitness have been like that yeah. you know but um i think it's the one industry where most most people have been pretty vocal about their viewpoints on on uh you know the whole thing but and i think they're also probably just the most antsy to, to just go out and do it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna try and get to like just concerts i might try and get to a fight or something i'm actually speaking in an event in march in london performex it's called uh it's my first like conferency talk like where there's loads of coaches and i'll just do a 45 oh, cool. minute talk or something but um it looks like they've like done a massive budget for that um and it's going to be a really big event but then i was like oh i'm going to be in london so i checked uh I saw UFC London and I was like, I wonder, will will that be on? It's on the same weekend. So I'm like, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Let's try and get to as many like events, like, you know, as we can. And that's why I think you just have to make a decision on it because I, I, I realize and it's something I think I talked to Angus about is once you just make a decision somewhere, all this other stuff starts popping up because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, he's coming over here. Why not just do this or do that? You know, I've been asked to go to Australia. I've been asked, like I said, Bali, which I was like, well, if I'm in Bali, I might as well just pop down to Australia yeah. Um, or vice versa, you know, hit Australia first and then pop up. Um, I've been asked, I've been asked so many times to come over to Europe and I need to come over to Europe. You're over there. 
Emmett's over there. Um, I have a buddy in Germany that I need to go, go check out. Do some, and I know if I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be in Europe, I'm going to have a bunch of stuff pop up and I'm going to be mm-hmm. able to even just teach small workshops and this and that. hundred percent. So you so. could set the, you could set the bar really low, like as in, okay, on a Saturday on this date in this town, I'm going to teach a four hour workshop. Yeah. And put no pressure on yourself to say like, Oh, I have to sell out a weekend workshop and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Four hours, this, there's the date fucking done. Okay. Let's yeah. see if five people show up success. Yeah. That's it. And then like that, it just snowballs from there. So like, it's four hours out of your day that you're probably just going to get lost wandering in some city anyway. Right. Might exactly. as well make a little something out of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. With, um, yeah. And like, you just don't know where that stuff will will lead to i'm going to do yeah. in sydney or in melbourne with jamie smith i'm doing a workshop in his place and we're doing a, a business event on the thursday i'm going to do a talk he's going to do a talk and so like a really small group of people and i just said to him at the end of the last podcast would you would you be up for this we'll do it and like within five minutes we were all like yeah let's do it and sweet. like you just don't know where any of that will lead to but i know like me yeah. me me signing up for it and saying right let's do it and we set the date and we're selling the tickets that means like i have to actually put some thoughtful stuff into it and that will even if i never did the event that would be beneficial for me you know yeah. so yeah i mean after your event it, that's honestly got to be one of my favorite things between just it, it's the only thing that's really better than just sitting down and having a chat like this is just getting around those people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite thing to do. It's always been a dream of mine to travel and, and, and share this with other people and network with other people in that way. So it's definitely like my big goal for this year is to do it and to do a lot more of it going forward because, you know, you never know how things are going to change and stuff anyway. Right. Like mm-hmm. shit, you know, God forbid some other crazy pandemic happens and the world shut down again for three years. So it's like, you know, you have the opportunity to go out and do it. Might as well do it now. Um, like I'm, I said, good thing. I'm with you that's on the, that. That's yeah. the beauty of the online business, right? Is you can't up and go. I mean, yeah. I have a, I have a facility here, but it, it can take care of itself for the most yeah. part. And, or at least anything that comes up, I can't handle from afar yeah. and um, just go. Yeah. And I'm it'll make for that. great freaking content which is awesome exactly too. exactly i'm which on that i think you're bang on you should just like we we always presume as in everyone always presumes like oh what i'm doing now is great and it's going to be around forever not necessarily yeah not necessarily could be yep. gone in a in a in a minute so it could yeah so and you should capitalize on what you have when I you should. have it I we, should. we obviously yeah. would annoy for the long term but like you know um okay what else I have one other and we can, we can maybe cut this out of the podcast afterwards, but I'm going to say it to you anyway. Um, and oh, I, I, we can't, we can't percent cut it out, but I think, yeah, okay, man, thank you very much. Thanks brother. <laughs> That's a wrap. Hey guys, David here again. Uh, sorry about that last bit. I had to cut it out. Uh, it was kind of, maybe 25 minutes or so of a bit of ranting that you know what we're just going to keep the vibes good in in the dgr podcast so i made a prediction and i think it's going to come true but it's better off not putting that out into the world so um so yeah hope you enjoyed the episode uh give it a share if you did obviously tag me and jeff that would be great that would be very helpful and again if you're not on dgr interactive and you'd like to learn 
about biomechanics and movement and rehab and training and looking at your clients and assessments and just how to look at movement with a better lens and help you get better results, then jump on to DJ Interactive. It would be great to, to see you in there. I'm currently working on my Achilles program. That's nearly ready to, to be released. So you'll see that very soon as well. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I uh, hope you're good. If you have any questions or whatever, just give us a shout. And apart from that, I'll t- I'll uh, I will talk to you or I will you will hear me talking to you next time. Take care.